Okay, let us pray. In the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We ask you, Lord, to hear us to such the praise of Holy Mother Theotoko, St. Mary, um, the great Abba Antony, St. Paul, Cruz, and Redimino, we pray with all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but lure us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okie dokie. Um, I cannot see and hear you guys right now, uh, for those who are asking. I don't, usually I can, but right now I can't. And I'm assuming, like Candace said, it's because of the, the webinar um, version. Um, sorry. I hope I put the right Mina in. Okay. Um, some of you guys have heard. Oh, Mina, I totally put you on blast right now. Um, okay. Uh, some of you guys have heard me talk about some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff before. Um, so forgive me, but it's about bringing it together for Holy Week. Um, to understand what's going on and what the rights and rubrics are and, and, and how to maybe get the most out of it. Um, of course, Holy Week is the holiest time of year, I suppose. Um, and definitely emotionally, I think most of us like church the most this week during the year over others. Um, so I wanted to give like a little bit of an, like a, an overview to the readings to help you get the most out of it. Um, a little bit about the rites um, and rubrics because I think they make a difference. And then um, some comments on, on maybe on things that you could consider doing um, with consultation with your spiritual guides, of course, um, to maybe benefit more from the week. So the major overarching themes um, of the week are gonna be the economy, okay, the history of, of salvation. Um, and then it's going to zoom in on the incarnation as a, as a fulfillment of those things, um, with one major theme being the day of the Lord. So we'll start with like the economy of salvation. So a lot of people wonder why we're going through certain readings throughout the week, um, where, uh, it seems sometimes like it's not clear, um, what, um, the point is, so the church is going through two things at once. On the one hand, we're going through the life of Christ, we're going to, like day by day, which we'll get to. But on the other hand, it's saying, why did Christ even need to come? And so we start going through the whole history of the entire, of, of all of humanity, essentially. So we start at, literally, at Adam and Eve. And we go back to the very beginning because we're trying to instill a sense of what was God trying to do? When God made man, um, God didn't need to make man. God made man his image and likeness. God made man from nothing. Um, God had nothing but love for humanity and for the earth and didn't make anything evil, right? And so we start off there to say, God didn't start off with the special people. He didn't start off with Jews. He didn't start off with Gentiles. There was literally just people. And that what, what, the, what, what was asked of humanity was, was simply just to be his um, and, 
and to live in that union with him, to live in that relationship with him. And that man disrupted that unity through the fall. So we see the fall, right? We're going to have the readings where we look at what happened in the garden. And there's commentary where there's like this dialogue between um, God and Adam and Eve and the devil. And there's, there's this, this, this reenactment type scene. Um, for us to understand, okay, this was what God wanted, is he wanted all of humanity. And then we see that humanity, we see Cain and Abel, we see the first sins, we see the first transgressions, that man was not um, actually doing his thing, right? Humans were not living their rule, they were not interested in God, they were more interested in themselves. And so it gets to, like, evil takes over, right? And that the man who's an image and likeness gets so so diseased, right, from sin, that there's a pandemic of sin and humanity is going down the tubes and is, and is messed up. And so because of this, right, is that God steps in, control of delete, um, and does the flood. And so we see the story of the flood and what sin was doing to humanity, and that actually God is trying to rescue humanity from its own imminent death. But he still wanted a relationship with all of humanity. And so he makes this pact this with, with, with Noah, saying, yo, please like respect how we're supposed to be. I don't like this. I don't want violence. I don't want any of these things. Can we, can we keep this going? Um, and so unfortunately, humans didn't take very long to reject that, right? So we see that in no time, we're still rejecting God as, 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 as humans. And so when that starts to happen, right, is that then history zooms in on Abraham, right? And so he zooms in on Abraham to say, okay, God was begging, literally, humanity to remain in this relationship and humanity um, continuously rejected, right? And so God now reaches out on a one-on-one -on -one level to Abraham to make a covenant with him, right, of saying, okay, let's... Let's have a deal. Since the rest of the world is not interested, I'm going to work starting off through you, through Abraham. And he wanted through Abraham to show the whole world still this relationship, um, but he zoomed in on this particular people and, their, and the descendants, right? So we'll follow Abraham, right? And we'll see what happens with him. And we'll see specifically the covenant that, that um, our Lord makes with Abraham of saying, well, then here are basically, here's the pact that we're making and it's formal. And so you're going to see this scene that looks very bizarre to a lot of people. Those who are following Bible study, we kind of talked about it already. But we see this scene where Abraham's out by the Oak of Mamre and God comes to him to literally strike a deal. And in ancient language, they did deals in a kind of weird way. Today we shake on it, which if you think about it, that's weird too. I don't know who thought holding hands somehow means we agree with each other, but we did. So the way that they used to do things is that they would take an animal, they would kill it, um, cut it in half, put it on two sides, light a fire in the middle and have a meal. And then they would walk up and down between these carcasses, like in the middle of these two halves of the carcasses. And it signified of, okay, we've had a meal together. We've made a deal together. Anyone who breaks the deal, dies um that's what they used to do so we see that god actually doesn't ask 
Abraham to walk. Abraham doesn't do the walk, right? God does in that vision. So you're going to see that happen, right? You're going to see this incident where there is God and, and, and Abraham have now entered into it. And the deal is, be faithful to me, I'll be faithful to you. Okay? And this is up to you. And if you've made the decision to enter into that deal, then circumcise yourselves. Have a physical sign that will remind you to whom you belong. Right? And I, on the same token, I'm going to deal uniquely with you. Right? So I'm going to do, I'm going to fight your wars. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. That was God saying, I'll hook you up in the way that you understand, even though that's not what the covenant is about. Um, and hopefully through this, the whole world will know that I'm God and you are my people because he wanted the whole world. That's why actually, I don't know if many of you know, but you could convert to Judaism in the Old Testament. You're, you're allowed to. Okay. So God does this. Um, and so we follow them. And we see that in no time, the covenant keeps getting broken. These are the readings are about, right? The readings are going to take us throughout history, right? Where the people are like, we make this deal, but we're not keeping it, right? And so the people keep on rejecting, 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 okay? And so we'll read about the progression of the rejections. We'll see that they first had judges. Well, first they reject the commandments. We read about the giving of the law, right? The establishment of the written covenant. And then they reject that. And we see Moses freak out. Then we see um, that then they have the judges and they just don't listen to the judges. So they say, we want a king, right? And, they, and the asking for a king was a rejection of God. And we'll read about that, right? So there's that rejection. And then after that rejection happens, right? The people as a whole people completely abandon the covenant. And we'll read about the different things that happened, how God was faithful to them. So we're going to read about the Passover. We're going to see how God literally rescues them, right? And saves them from death um, and pulls them out of the whole land of Egypt. Um, and he tabernacles with them. He tents with them. He camps with them. He saves them. And that in spite of all of this, the people continually and perpetually and over and over and over and over um, um, reject. Okay. So, we see that development and we're, we're seeing as it happens that God starts sending his prophets to say to the people, guys, um, this is wrong, right? This is messed up. You're breaking the covenant. Um, like the conditions were that we were going to do this and you're not doing it. And so we'll see prophet after prophet after prophet saying it. So you're going to see all of these um, rebukes that are coming. And then you're going to see how it lands at like the modern link between God coming, right, to fix the situation himself. That's what he's doing when, he, when he's incarnate. Um, and between all of these prophecies that are happening, because you'll see the prophecies start to shift to say, this ain't working. And the solution's not going to be this. There's going to be a new covenant, right? And so this new covenant they don't really get is going to be in our Lord. And a lot of these readings get very harsh. And the, the readings, I think, especially to clergy, but to any of you who are serving and to all of us as Christians, um, they're harsh, right? Where, well, you'll see God saying, 
I reject you priests. I reject you. You're not my priests. You're your own priests, right? Because you're not offering holiness. And basically, actually, you're calling something evil good and something good evil. Woe to you who call sweet bitter and bitter sweet. Um, and, and I really think a lot of these things are relevant to us today, right? Where it's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. He's so nice. And, and he just wants to give you a big hug. Um, and on some level, there's truth to that. Okay, there is some truth to that. Um, but God hates sin. He always has. He always will. Okay, that, that didn't change. And so telling something, someone that something wrong is okay because Jesus loves you, not a thing, right? And so we see all these readings where God is, is saying that, and he'll say things like, my people are dying because of you leaders, because you don't teach, you don't say the truth. And so my people are suffering. And he rebukes them, he rebukes them, he rebukes them. So you'll see this progression of these readings and that what he starts to say is, and this is an overarching theme you'll see on every day, is the day of the Lord, right? This is where there's some scary readings. One of them, I think it's Friday morning. It's either Friday morning or Thursday night, where it says, prepare to meet your God, right? And so this day of the Lord um, is this, this is where the real wrath of God concepts, and I really don't know if I want to get into that because I know everyone's fighting about it, but that's where it comes into play which is the visitation of God. What does it mean? It's where this, where lie is exposed by the truth. This, 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 this discovery moment of these things that we're lying about. Um, the analogy, I know I overuse it, and I, I, I know I gave this talk to one of the groups online, I'm sorry if you're on there, but um, it's like, it's like if, you've, if you're building the staircase in your basement, um, or staircase because Californians don't have basements. Um, but you're building your, your staircase and you know, you know that you didn't do it perfectly on one of the stairs. And, and, and instead of fixing it, instead of addressing it, you're kind of like, well, you know what? We're not high traffic right? Like if it's only going to be stepped on once every so often, probably not a big deal. No one in our house is fat enough to break it. Um, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm too tired. I don't want to fix it. Right. And so then COVID happens and suddenly you're using it a lot. Suddenly the occasion that you didn't plan for happens or the one that you said wasn't going to happen happens. And so you step on it and it breaks that's the day of reckoning. That's, that's the day of the Lord. That's the day where the weakness is exposed, where the lie is revealed because its conditions have been tested and now it's known. And so you'll read that God keeps saying, Be, prepare for the day of your visitation. Prepare for the day of your visitation because I am coming. I am a real person at the other end of this covenant. I'm going to come and you're going to meet me, Israel. And so you'll see a bunch of themes of the day of the Lord to the temple, because Christ shows up in the temple. You'll see the day of the Lord in the fig tree. You'll see the day of the Lord in Revelations, right? You'll see the day of the Lord in the parables where Christ says, and then the real master comes back to the house, right? So you're going to see these readings. And what, what we're trying to get at is, 
you can do your thing. We all do our thing. But there will come a time, there will, where you're going to be held up in front of the light and what is going to be discovered, right? And so in the temple, our Lord comes in, right? And he's like, this is the visitation because I am the God of this temple. And that's why it's on his own authority that he cleans house, right? Where he's like, nope, this is a lie, not accepting it, right? And he, and he goes ham on, on, on the temple, right? The fig tree, another lie, right? The fig tree's got this big, fluffy, beautiful, like, foliage as though it's going to be full of fruit. And it's not. It's lying. It's faking, right? And so it gets cursed, right? And it gets called out. It was the day of the Lord for that fig tree, okay? Revelation becomes about your personal day of the Lord, right? That there's going to be a day where where you will die and you will have to see your maker, right? And so the day of the Lord keeps coming up saying, this is not working, but there's not all anger because you'll see that the words of the prophets are also coming in saying, return to me, please come back. I want you, right? And you'll see that there's this pleading between God and his people. So you're seeing like this full sense of relationship where you're seeing this narrative being told by God of, guys, all I ever did was love you and all I ever wanted was love. That's all I want. I just want a loving relationship. And he tells it in different ways, right? He'll say, my beloved, my son, planted a vineyard. And this is what they did to it, right? He'll call Hosea and say, marry this woman who is a harlot, right? Because that's my people, right? My people... I'm married to them and they sleep around. They hate me. Um, and, and you'll see all of these different things, but of God saying, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. This covenant is null and void because you guys have not been faithful. And so you'll see the prophecies. You'll start seeing um, Jeremiah come up a lot and Isaiah as we go through at the end of the week saying, I'm coming with a new covenant. This new covenant is coming so that you can end up seeing how Christ is fulfilling this new covenant, how Christ is fulfilling the Old Testament law and establishing for us um, the new covenant and how the economy of salvation gets fulfilled in the incarnation, right? Gets fulfilled in the crucifixion. In the crucifixion, we see redemption being worked out, not salvation, redemption, which is necessary for salvation. We see the descent into Hades, right, on joyous Saturday. So, so as we go through the week, we'll see Palm Sunday, the coming of the king, right? On, on Monday, we see the king confronting what was his earthly kingdom, the temple. Then we see him confronting the lies of the people, the fig tree. Then we see the real disgustingness of how much we don't love our God. And Tuesday, when we see Judas's deal, right, how he betrays the son of God with a kiss, right? We see Eucharist established as a sign of the new covenant for whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me, right? It becomes the new Passover through Eucharist. And we get the, the, the feast of covenant Thursday, right? 
And then we see redemption on Great Friday, as we said, the descent into Hades. And then we see the opening of salvation um, through resurrection. I say opening because salvation has begun. Um, and it becomes a work that we live through, through our um, entering into the new covenant, right? And that's why baptism for us becomes um, the sign of our um, entrance into the covenant. And actually, um, baptisms were often done on the vigil of Saturday, historically. And so that was when, when, when most people were baptized. It changed over various times in history, but it used to be the vigil. So that the Feast of Resurrection, the person who was a catechumen would have died with Christ in baptism, died with Christ to the celebration of the Feast of, 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 of Great Friday, and then participated in the resurrection through the partaking of, of, of Eucharist. So pay attention to the readings, okay? Because the readings, they're trying to guide you through all of those to get what's going on. So you're going to see um, that especially Sunday through Wednesday, the readings are a lot more, more about this story, about the history, okay? And then as we progress through the week, we get a lot more into the day-by-day day what's actually going on. So all of the prophecies relate to the psalm, relate to the gospel. They do. Um, there's, a, there's an overarching theme. So try and pay attention to that. But if you can understand that this is why we're reading those stories, that's half the battle to Holy Week, right? So, because um, a lot of people struggle, I think, with um, what's going on, why are we reading this? There's so many readings, but there's a reason for the reading. So try and get into it. Try and find out what it is that we're saying um, and why we're saying and why we're saying it on this day and where does it fit in. So ask yourself, like on any given day, what's the story, okay? What's the big story? That's the economy. What's the overall, overall arching story of salvation? Okay, and then where does what I'm reading today fit into that? Because it always, always, always does. It always does. And so we're going through the history of the salvation, history of the Jews, and we're arriving at Christ. And then we go through the life of our Lord. Um, I think just as a tidbit, this is an aside, but I think helpful for you to understand the readings too, is to know who the Pharisees are. Because so many of the gospel readings throughout the week are going to zoom in on the Pharisees and the priests, on the leadership, as a symbol of how it's all gone wrong, okay? And so it's important for you guys to realize that the Pharisees were not bad people. We use Pharisee today in a really negative way, right? Today, if you call someone a Pharisee, it means somebody who's either a hypocrite or who's legalistic, and, but not, we never say it nicely, right? You never be like, oh, wow, you're so nice. I, I, I would call you a Pharisee. But Pharisees weren't bad people. Um, Pharisees actually were, were champions of the people on some level. Um, and the reason why is because they were among the people on their level. They worked, right? So Pharisees, for the most part, were tradesmen. Um, that's why some people consider Christ a Pharisee. Um, they were experts of the law. And they kind of emerged, not kind of, they emerged out of when, as you see through the readings, when the fulfillment of their breaking of the covenant wound up with the enslavement of the Jews, right? Which is symbolic of our enslavement to sin. The Pharisees after liberation said, you know what? We need to make sure that this never happens again. Okay. So we, we got into this problem because we broke the law. 
So now we need experts of the law that go around keeping everybody in check so it doesn't happen again. It's not a horrible thing. It would almost be like, if you can think of what's going on with this pandemic, it would almost be like after the pandemic is over and everybody was prison in their homes, that we as the people say, we need like some kind of health police to make sure that we never get sick like this and die again. And so some of you might nod at that. And so the people were saying, okay, not a bad idea, right? Like, here's something good. We don't want that to happen. We all agree. Let's have people who know what they're talking about. So they weren't bad, right? They weren't these weird people that people didn't like. Actually, they had a good purpose. The problem is that when, when you got obsessive about the law, you forgot about the point of the law, right? So you forget about what it means to be healthy, right? And so it's almost like this is something I saw when I lived up north, right? Up north in Thunder Bay, I don't know if it's changed now, but because um, you didn't have many accidents, there's not as many people, et cetera. If you go to like a provincial park, um, state park for Americans, um, there weren't guardrails everywhere, right? Even though there was danger because people were allowed to just enjoy nature, right? So it's almost like when you start putting too many laws, you don't enjoy nature anymore. It's okay, you can look at this, but from like 10 kilometers away, right? Six months. Um, but that's not wrong in and of itself. It's not wrong in and of itself. It's just that people forgot why the rules were there. And so because of it, they start messing it up. They start using the law wrongly. They start abusing it. That's what Bible study is all about on Mondays. But I'm just trying to get at, this is that context. And that's why they're really turned off by our Lord, right? And so our Lord is challenging where they, where their made up rules went too far. And our, our Lord is, 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 is challenging them saying, your law is technically supposed to be about me. And I'm not agreeing with you. You're not seeing it. So this is the background. This is, this is the tension that's, that's going on. The other part to get what's going on, just so you can also understand it through the weekend, there'll be some sermons, I'm not going to get into all of it, is that politically, the Jews are under occupation. The Jews are not free. The Holy Land is not liberated. They're still slaves in Israel. Okay? Um, so all of this is happening because to the Jews, they're living according to the covenant, which is what we're reading about for the whole week. They have their leaders because of the covenant. And this is now all getting undone. Okay, that's all being undone. That's the underlying tension. I hope that that wasn't too much or, or overkill. I just, I'm hoping that you can get it. Concentrate on that when you're reading. Ask those questions. What's going on here? Why is this happening? What, what, what might they mean when they're saying this? Why is Christ reacting this way? Why are the disciples reacting this way? Why are the people angry that he said this? Don't just read it. Okay get into it, right? Try and understand it. Um, and so, well, that's what's going on during the week. Okay, the day of the Lord, return to me and I will return to you. God's warnings, transitions, historical events. And then you'll see the events of each day unfolding. Okay, so that's the readings and the, and the rituals and the, and the prophecies. Now, the rites and the rubrics. Okay, if you want to benefit and you want to understand it, Pay attention to what's happening. There are some churches that are allowed to, to stream. So um, 
if you want to, to stream, go for it. I'm hoping that those churches are um, decorating the way that we're supposed to. Um, because this is where the church does stuff she never does. Okay? We don't focus on death the rest of the year. We don't do it. Right? The rest of the year, all of our focus is always on Christosanisti. Right? Always Christ is risen. Sunday is always a celebration of resurrection. There is, there is no kneeling supposed to be on Sunday. We are victorious in Christ in the resurrection. Right? This is a week where we just throw all that out the window and we're living, we're trying to live in the moment day by day with Christ. Um, and this is an ancient custom. Um, there's, a, there's an interesting uh, document. It's called the Journals or the Diaries of Igeria. And she's a Spanish abbess who goes to the Holy Land in the fourth century. And what they did in the fourth century in Jerusalem is so cool. They would go to the real sites of the Lord and live it day by day. So they would start off, for example, at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Um, and then they would, for example, go up to um, the Mount of Olives where Christ preached. And they would go and actually go there. They would go to Gethsemane. They would actually go there. They would go to Bethany because it's actually just a couple miles out um, from Jerusalem. They'd go to Bethany and they would pray there and they'd do the readings in Bethany that pertain to Bethany. And they'd be up in vigil all night doing psalms. And then they would process with the bishop. They'd go back to Jerusalem. They'd go back to the church of the sepulcher, back to the church of the resurrection. And so the churches outside of Jerusalem were trying to do that to the best of their ability without being in Jerusalem. And so that's why within the church structure, we start living it day by day, moment by moment, to the best of our ability with Christ. And so we start off with Lazarus Saturday, because on, 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 in the Gospel of John, it tells us that's when the plotting of Christ's death really got serious, right? It was when, when Lazarus passes away, and then he's re resurrected by Christ. And so we start going from there, and we look at how the church steps outside. We decorate with black because we're mourning. We're, we're, we're walking through it with Christ. Okay. And um, we do everything outside of the resurrection. We don't do it in the sanctuary. We step out. So the whole assembly of God completely steps out of the sanctuary as though stepping back in time and saying, we are not reconciled. The doors of the altar are shut. The veil of the temple is, is there again, where we're interpreting through the lens of the Old Testament that was in veil and in shadow, right? That's why, for example, throughout Lent, throughout uh, the fast of Nineveh, whenever we were doing the Old Testament readings, the, light, the lights were supposed to be turned out. The curtain was supposed to be closed. We are in the darkness of the Old Testament. We are in shadows. And that once we get to the gospel, it's opened, okay? And so... We step out. We step out also, for example, because Christ is killed outside of Jerusalem. So on Great Friday, we're outside of the camp, right? We're outside of Jerusalem being the sanctuary. Um, and we take our prayers as much as we can outside. Obviously, there's an exception in the liturgies of Covenant Thursday, Joy Saturday. Um, you'll see that there's a custom. Um, technically, we're not supposed to do this anymore because the Synod did rule against it. And of course, we respect the synod, because it's not a dogma, it's something to write, and the synod has the right to change it, where we don't modify the creed. I know that some dioceses still do, that's up to your bishop. I'm not trying to interfere with that, but I'm saying whatever your bishop says you do. 
I'm saying this to say that there are different rights that have emerged. And one of them is, for example, that we don't say the whole creed. When we get up to he was crucified, we stop. And it's because we're living that moment. Technically, and the reason why the synod said don't do that anymore is because technically the Council of Nicaea said never modify the creed. Um, and so we're not doing it dogmatically. Those who are doing it are doing it piously. Um, and that's why I know that some bishops still permit it, some bishops don't. Um, but I'm just trying to say this is how into it the church gets, right? In the liturgy, on Great and Holy Thursday, you'll see that we don't say saved, amen. We, ne we don't say that. That deacon response is gone. We're saying, nope, not yet. We don't do prayer of reconciliation. Nope, not yet. Right? We're, we're, we're removing all of that. to say, no, we're going to live with him in the moment. It's not Great Friday yet. Okay, there's no redemption. We're not doing that prayer yet. We will enjoy Saturday. Right? Um, we're getting so into it that way. Um, there is no funeral prayers, as you know, because you get prayed on, I know we're not this year, on Sunday, you got to attend your own funeral. Um, because back in the day, you didn't have fridges, right? So if somebody died, you buried them right away because it was going to rot. Today, people store the bodies till after. Um, but that was why we did that. That was where it came from. Technically, technically, there's not supposed to be any sacraments going on um, that don't pertain to directly to the incarnation of Christ and his crucifixion and resurrection. Theoretically, there should not be confessions during this week. Um, I know that in many cases, that's when the most confessions are occurring um, because everyone's at church and that's not intrinsically wrong. We're saying that technically, actually, there should not even be that. There's no saints. There's no commemoration of the saints. We don't do feast days. We don't do anything like that. One year, St. Macarius the Great, his feast was Holy Week, as if it didn't exist. Um, one year it was actually St. George, Prince of the Martyrs, doesn't exist. Um, there is um, no baptisms. There's no unction of the sick, right? That's why, that's why on, on the last Friday of Lent, that's why tomorrow is the day that there would be unction. We're saying we're not doing it next week. Um, many of you would be very happy. There's no Egbeya whatsoever um, during um, Holy Week. The church gets together, and instead of 12 psalms, we do 12 thoktetigons, 12 thine is the power. Those replace the psalms, right? And the litanies of the hours replace the litanies. The gospels and the prophecies replace your readings, right? And we have different psalms that we pray. But that becomes the liturgy of the hours, becomes literally hour by hour. Um, and actually, the church originally did do hour by hour. Right, and that's why there was the the psalm thing every hour. That's why there was every hour that people were dismissed, they went home, um, and then they come back at the proper hours and live it through one by one. Um, so that's what's going on. Just so you understand it. That's why we're why we're doing it. That's why there's a picture of Christ crucified. There's a picture of Christ in in agony. Right? That's why we're draping in, in, in black. That's why the curtains are black. Everything is black. Okay? And we are mourning with Christ. Okay? We're living it day by day with Christ. So that's just kind of an overview of what's going on. Right? Why are we doing this? Why are we saying this? Why are there these readings? Um, and so I'll just briefly, um, 10 minutes max, just give some tips on how to benefit. 
um, or how to maybe some suggestions for things you can try during the week um, to be applied at the natural caveat at the advice um, of your own uh, spiritual director. Um, and most of this is the same regardless of the situation about church um, or, or, or not. So um, for those of you who haven't yet, I would suggest like Holy Week, no TV, no music, no podcast, no news, just cut off the world, right? No social media. I know you might need social media to get the link for whatever is going on if you're doing that, no problem, but don't comment, right? Like I said this to another group, like I would hope in real life that let's say when I gave a killer sermon on in, in, in church during Holy Week that you wouldn't go up to him and be like, that was, that was legit and, and high five him, right? That's not a thing. So there's no need to comment on the videos that you might be watching or streaming of like, that was great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just take it, okay? Internalize it. Um, keep it silent, cut off all of them. Don't, don't be texting, don't be doing anything. Keep your text, keep your social messaging to what is mandatory for your work or your service, but nothing more. Um, again, I'm saying this authoritatively and I don't mean to be, I mean it as these are just real suggestions of how to take it seriously and not ordering anyone actually to do these things. Um, put up an icon of the crucifixion at home in your prayer corner, in your family room, right? Get black, get black material. If you can this weekend, go grab some from Fabricland or something, drape like stuff and put up an icon, decorate home like you would at church. And I, I recommend this even, even when the churches are open. Um, make home really church. Make it really real. Turn your family room into church. Okay? Our bishop in, in the LA Diocese, on the Serbian, he actually was like, I wish that the families would do their whole Pascha at home, their actual Pascha. They don't need to stream it. He's offering some streaming options for those who need it to be led. But he's like, why? Why not? Pray it as a family unit. Come together and pray Pascha, right? Turn your, turn your house into church. Um, any sins that you're a slave to, obviously we should always be fighting sin, but in this week in particular, just cut it off. Be like, this week, it's non-negotiable. There's no, I'm not doing it this week. Whatever it is that you're, as Poshnut used to call them, your beloved sins, right? Cut it, remove it, leave it. I'm not doing it this week. This week, I'm with Jesus right? I'm with our Lord in the moment, right? Because you're going through literally hell with him, literally, right? So imagine if your friend is going through all this stuff and you're saying, I'm going to go keep him company. That's not the time to be chilling. That's not the time to be joking. That's not the time to be um, doing whatever you were planning on doing or your sins. That's the time to be with them. And that's why I would also suggest Eat very simply and very ascetically, right? Just keep it to a minimum. Don't indulge, right? Get foods that are simple, easy, dry, not that tasty, right? Because imagine if you're a friend, like they're, they're, they have a family member dying and you're with them day by day and you're just being like, yo, 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 let's go to the buffet, right? Like your friend is like, what's wrong with you, right? That's not, that's not what we're doing, right? So don't, don't eat, don't pick out. I would say have no dessert, right? This is not the time for cakes and sweets, etc. Get rid of all of those, right? This is the week to get um, intense. Um, follow the rites and rubrics. So I know a lot of people make fun of the, 
don't kiss, don't shake hands, like from Tuesday on. Um, I love it. Okay. Um, personally, because I think those extravagant customs and it is extravagant, um, they help you understand it because look at how awkward it feels to not hug someone. Look at how awkward it feels not to shake hands or a fist bump or props or, or, or say hi or, or go for the hug. It feels weird because it's, it's, it's how you express friendship, cordiality, acceptance, love. And that's exactly the point of the custom of not doing it. It's saying that's what Judas did. He took that thing that has that meaning and, and corrupted it. Right. So in my view, that rule shouldn't apply to dealing with babies, with infants, with toddlers that aren't going to understand it. Um, if they can understand it, cool. So I'm not just saying like, like at all, but it, take it seriously. Right. There's no canon about it. It's just a really, really beautiful tradition. There's also a tradition. Um, I advise you all to try it is you read all of the gospels in the book of Psalms by the end of the week. So the tradition is that um, after morning Pascha on Monday, you'd have read the whole gospel. I think of Matthew. I might have them in on order. Thursday is, is John, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And then Friday was the whole book of Psalms. So a lot of churches have retained the book of Psalms because they'll, they'll distribute books of Psalms before you exit um, the service on Joy Saturday. But I think a lot of churches have forgotten the custom of reading the four gospels. Um, so that's something you might want to consider doing, especially because we're all at home for the most part this year. Um, I'd recommend reading spiritual books. I'm going to say something and I know some people will want to throw arrows at me. Um, this is a personal opinion and it is only a personal opinion. I am really personally, I emphasize personally anti people reading spiritual books during the service. This is the liturgy of Holy Pascha. It is the work of the people of Holy Pascha. That means that you have a real role. And so when you're coming with your own book, you're not a participant, you're a spectator. Um, and so I really don't think it's the right time to be reading those. Um, if what you're reading is a commentary on what's being read, I can see that as being different. But if what you're reading is, here's a really nice spiritual book, that's not the time for it during church, right? Imagine, for example, you're with your friend grieving and you pull out a book on how to deal with grieving people while sitting with your friend. It's weird, right? So you could read that before you go meet up with your friend. You can go read it after you meet up with your friend. Um, but it's weird to do with your friend, okay? That's not, that's not the time for it. If we're going to read that, let's read it together. And the church does bring in other readings. We're reading Deuterocanonical books. We're reading patristic stuff. We never read patristics in church um, during the service except during Holy Week, okay? So I really think reading spiritual books is a great idea, just not during the service. Um, Dumatanyas, again, with the guidance of your spiritual father, this is the right time for those. Right? This is the right time for those to be increased. In the morning litanies, do them at every litany. We ask the Lord to hear us, have mercy on us, 
Kirelaison, bow, do a prostration, right? Um, when we're doing the if notinainan, the God have mercy upon us, and we're doing those those kirelaisons, prostrate, right? That's the time for those. Make it not weird because it was never supposed to be weird. We were all supposed to be doing them together. So make it not weird again. Do them, right? Bring it all together. Have prayer lists ready. Think of all the people that you can think of that need to be prayed for. Because the litanies, which I know is when most people walk out, that's the time for those, right? The litanies is when we're praying for everything, literally. We're praying for drought. Drought was a really real thing to California until like a year or two ago, right? People were out of a job. People were losing money. Kids weren't going to college because of drought. Now you know why we pray for plague. We're in one. Pray for people who are in captivity, people like those who are in ISIS. You might feel in captivity at home. Um, so all of these are, are things to pray for. When we're praying for the sick, when we're praying for the leaders, we're praying for wisdom, we're praying for peace, we're praying for unity, right? Pray, actually pray. Don't just um, walk out and kill ice on it. Like bring your whole mind into it because we're really praying, right? So many people say, oh man, like it's out there. I'm like, how's that? We pray for everything. So pray, right? Bring, bring um, your, your prayers to it. Meditate often, right? Pay attention to the readings, meditate. Pay attention to the Psalms, meditate. Um, I would say talk as little as you can. As little conversation as you can have, do it. I know that that might make some of you go crazy. I get it, no problem. But I'm saying minimize it. Speak as little as you possibly can. Um, you could almost treat your houses like monasteries. During your meal, in the monastery, there's no speaking. During the meal, the paradise of the desert fathers is read. Try silent during the meals and maybe, just an, an idea, maybe have one of the family members and you take turns reading some of the readings out loud um, as you eat, just a suggestion. Um, you might find that these customs help bring your whole family together as well. Attend every Pascha service that you can, okay? I know different churches are doing different things. I'm in the Diocese of Ottawa and Montreal in the East right now. And so um, His Grace, following the law, a few of us are gonna be in different churches praying and live streaming um, for those. So if you want to live stream, go for it. If you want to pray in your room, go for it. These are all um, okay. Um, but whatever it is that you're doing, attend them all as much as you possibly can. Um, take time off of work if you can. Um, bring your kids, right? Like so many people, I, I, I'm a little bit, this is a personal bias coming out. I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not, and I'm not a father. I don't have kids. I know somebody's going to want to stone me for saying it, but there's something to the discomfort of your kid getting out of his sleep routine or her sleep routine during the week for Pascha. We're suffering. We're all suffering. And that might be a meaningful way for your kids to suffer too. I'm sorry. Like it's, I'm not saying you must. And so I know that for me growing up, and I'm not trying to impose what I benefited from on the whole world, I'm not suggesting that, but I know that growing up, those Paschas were special, even when we were exhausted, even when we didn't sleep well, because something was different that week, and we knew something was different that week, and it should be 
different that week. And so I would say, parents, if you can, have your kids attend. This year it's at home, other years at church, I'd say even at church. Other parents, stop yelling at other parents whose kids aren't as quiet as you'd like them to be. Get over it. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a jerk, right? Like, this isn't the time to let other parents. We're suffering together. We are coming together. Because what we're doing is meaningful by being together as a unit, to pray together, to suffer with and for Christ together as the people of God, as Christ's own people. And so that's, that's a personal view. I hope I haven't upset anybody, but that's a personal view. Um, bring your mind into every single reading, like we said earlier, okay? Pay attention to the sense, the smells, the rites, the rubrics. We've explained a lot of those. I remember having a major moment, and I know I've said this many times, um, Pascha, I always, at Kitchener, had my spot, and I remember the year where there's this moment where the deacons go to sing Taishori, this censer, and Abuna goes to vest, and the connection was made, that this is the high priest, and he's vesting, and he's going to make an offering, and the offering is himself. And I remember just, I couldn't sing. Like it just, I froze. Because it was the first time of having the visual, right? When the reading on Holy Thursday, when it says, the ritual says for the priest to go get a white towel, to tie it around his waist as Christ goes to wash the feet of the people. Bring your mind into that. It's mind-blowing, right? Get into it, right? Go, go there in your mind. Bring yourself into it. Don't just follow as words, follow here, follow here, okay? Bring yourself into it. Um, an exercise that I still do, I love doing this, because um, some of you say, well, what am I supposed to do? The Psalms are so long and they're boring, etc." Okay, no problem. Take that time and tie your, the Psalm to the gospel. I literally actually would take some of the, the, the Psalms and I would point down, physically point down with a pencil or a pen where in the gospel that was being fulfilled, right? Um, at St. Basil's, I miss you guys. I don't know if any of you are on here right now from St. Basil's, but um, at St. Basil's, courtesy of Sharif um, and his work um, and, and, and the work of the people who put together their Pascha book, it's exceptional. Um, everyone got a copy. Please get a copy for everyone in your family, right? In Kitchener, we have a whole bunch. I grew up with that. Um, St. Basil's did it. I don't know what other church is doing. Get your own book. Get a book. Write in it. Underline, highlight, comment, meditate. Make it yours. If you want, if you have a tablet, I, like, like, get your stylus out and write on it. Like physically write. Bring your physical body into it and, and make it yours. This is my commentary on the Holy Pascha 2020. Okay? Make it yours. Um, understand the hymns, pay attention to what's going on, why they're being said. There is an app coming out from the LA Diocese um, anytime now in the next two days um, where there is um, commentary on every one of the readings that are being done that you can swipe through and on the hymns. Um, that might help you as well. I, I really recommend that you guys get it. I know they've been working like crazy around the clock. Um, Get into the rites, get into the, rit the rituals that help you get into the mood. Um, on Great Friday, 
if you can do all 400 matanyas, do them, right? Bring yourself into it. And if you do that, you'll feel that you're dying with Christ. You'll feel that you'll see the beauty and the majesty of it, right? On Great Friday, um, that this, this thing of shame, right? That the most disgusting thing that could happen in its time was happening and we are standing up and saying, your throne, O God, is that tree. We are standing and saying, holy God, who in weakness has shown forth what is greater than might. That's the word, in, in one of the word lines in Omanoganese. We are saying, we will anoint you. And then we do these matanyas and we say, we did this to you. And then we say, we won't boast in anything but your cross, which is foolishness to men. And we'll read that. And then we proclaim it to the whole world, from the east to the west, from the north to the south. And then we literally process that cross around the sanctuary and around the whole nave and proclaim to the world. And it used to be through the whole city. Um, that's how seriously we take it, right? So get into it, right? Be really participating. That's, that's it as far as I have for now in terms of um, of, of suggestions and guidelines. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Um, I can take a look at the questions. Um, and um, some people sent questions in the chat. I'm not sure if I'll have seen all of them. Um, and so if you don't mind, if you want to click on Q&A and add your questions, um, then I can, I can see them from, from, from there, unless you don't have questions, which is, which is cool too. Um, uh sorry i'm trying to i was blocking my questions okay um i'm gonna try and get um the pascha related questions first um and then i'll and then i'll come back to the other ones if that's okay um so um so the first question um hi uncle uh, what are some good books to read for Holy Week? Um, honestly, my preferences are, are to read um, books related to what's going on in that week. Um, on a personal level, I, I tend to only stick to the Bible now. But um, I would say whatever is going to get you to read, read. Okay? Like, but I would suggest, first and foremost, books related to Holy Week. So there's a lot of books that are reflections on the Holy Week um, and reflections on the, the reading. So if you can read commentary on those, that would be awesome. For example, maybe you guys could read that book I just referenced, The Pilgrimage of Agaria. That's free domain. That's an ancient text. Um, uh, if you have the app, go through the app. Um, go through the readings on your own before you even get to church. Those are some um, suggestions. Um, I wasn't prepared for that question. I'm sorry. It's probably not a good one. Um, my answer. Um, when you said, what is the big story? That is the economy. What does that mean? Can you get into this term economy more? You said it a bunch. Yeah. So what I mean is, is what I was actually saying. So I don't need to actually get into it um, too much. Um, what, I'm, what I'm saying is the economy is the overall story of God's 
saving work with mankind. So it's the creation, the fall, the flood, the law, the covenant, um, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, Pentecost. Um, that's the economy. God's story of salvation um, of mankind. Um, and so what I mean is, in any story in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you can zoom out, which is to me saying, where are we in the grand story of, of how God saved us? And then you can zoom in on the level of what's going on with these individual characters in this moment in this story. Um, hope that, that that helps a bit. Uh, what is the name of the app? Um, I think it's called Orthodox Spirit Worship in Spirit and Truth, or it's just called Spirit and Truth. Um, once I have it, um, I will uh, I'll link it as well. Um, and it's coming out from the the diocese of education, the the bishop, the the um, Department of Education in the Coptic uh, Orthodox Diocese of of LA. Uh, um, should we not read any spiritual books this week? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying during during the actual services, I wouldn't. Um, I tend personally not to read any at all anymore, but that's just a phase that I'm in. I don't think it's wrong to it's, um, but it might be worth it. I mean, I think it would be cool if people, for example, were to do prayer ropes, do handwork while listening to readings. I think that would be cool, but I think that's the monk in me speaking and, and, and I'm sorry. Um, Uh, for those, so what advice do you give for those uh, with exams straight after Pascha week? Good question. Um, how can we engage as much as we can in Pascha week while studying to glorify God? So as much as you can attend the services, um, but you do have school. So, but try, I would say try and write a schedule for yourself so that you don't feel guilty, right? Of saying, okay, like I remember during Holy Week when I was a student, I went to as many as I possibly could. Um, and then I would study what I had to study. So be honest with your studies, of course. Um, we don't need to fail um, because of it, but um, pace yourself. I would really suggest write a schedule. Because if you write a schedule, even if that means how you suffer because you're taking in from other times that you'd have liked to do other stuff, cool, right? That might be a good thing. Um, uh, what was the name of the book, Diary Journal of Something, Something? I think he just said it and I missed it typing this. Sure, let me write it in the uh, general chat right now. It's called um, the Diary. Um, it's either called Diary or Pilgrimage of Egeria. And that's in the, the free realm. I wrote a paper on it summarizing specifically Holy Week. Um, I might throw that up on the blog um, for those who might not have time to read the whole thing um, of, of basically what she said about Holy Week. Um, if that's helpful to people. If not, I won't bother because it's just a paper. Um, where did that question go? So I can mark it as done. I lost it. Sorry. Um, do we do prostrations in the e evening or just in the morning um uh, only in the morning once you have broken fast then we don't do matanias 
Um, and I think that's probably why there's more litanies at night than in the morning. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for how to link the prophecies in the Gospels? Yes, read them. And I'm not being sarcastic. Really zoom in. Because you'll see interesting things sometimes. Right? You'll see the prophecy of like saying something like, and then my own people will reject me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They will do yada, yada, yada. And then you go to the readings and be like, Christ is speaking in the synagogue and they're all like, we hate him. Right? But pay, that's what I'm saying. Zoom in and out. Zoom out on the, what's the story as an overall arching theme right now? And then zoom in on how is this, what's going on right now? And if you do that, and then like rip it apart, like of paying attention, all I can say is you'll, you'll see it. You'll see the links. They're, they're, they're really, really, really there. My, my Pascha book is marked like there's no tomorrow, um, like that I've been using since I was a young teenager. Uh, perfect. Um, Oh, sweet. I didn't know it was an audiobook. That's legit. Um, what should our focus be when we do the 400 care lessons and also our focus be outside of the organized prayer time? Should we be in prayer, reading the Bible, spiritual books, combination of all? Okay, so during the care lessons, Netanyas are like a physical expression of the spirit, right? And so, for example, when your spirit is, and we don't usually talk like this, so when your spirit is troubled, that can manifest itself physically as anxiety, restlessness. But our, what we're trying to do in a methania is express physically our whole self, including our spirit. So that can have a spirit of supplication. So methanias are not God saying, if you bow down in front of me, I'm going to do things you want. That's not a methania. Okay, what it is instead is we're looking at it and saying, I'm with my whole body re reacting to what you did. So for some of us during those metanias, it's going to be literally, literally, literally adoration of saying, who am I? Who am I to stand in your presence? You who did this, you who died on behalf of how, how do I remain standing in your presence? I, I, I prostrate myself before you. For another, it might be um, a physical expression of saying, forgive us. Forgive us, we did this to you. Right? For another, it's you're my king. I willingly, with all of my being, prostrate at your feet in front of the whole world. For another, it's saying, I don't know how to ask what I want to ask. This is my body showing you, right? Mitanyas are so deep if you get them. And so let, let your body express whatever your spirit is. And that's why I'm saying bring your mind into the service. If it is, your spirit will be too, and you'll know what your matanya is. Outside of the organized prayer time, I'd say be disciplined. Have a schedule as much as, as you can. We're all living at home these days. So I would recommend um, writing a schedule for the family, what you guys are going to do, at least for yourself, of what you're going to do. And I would say it's a combination of all of them. Um, I would really recommend, though, a lot of silence. Um, if you can't handle the silence, um, 
um, then please um, um, use a book, do a prayer rope, do, um, I was talking to some of my friends earlier, they're doing woodworking. I think that's so cool. Um, that's the kind of thing like that would make sense. Um, can you explain how the church calendar works in picking when Pascha is? Like, for example, why is the Feast of the Annunciation this week? Or this past Sunday was the commemoration of the crucifixion of our Lord. Yeah, I'm actually, um, so there, I won't go into the whole history of it. I'm not an expert on all of it. The church had a custom of not celebrating um, Passover with the Jews, okay? Of this emphasis that Christ is our Passover. And so what the church did is they did a calculation of when Passover should occur. And then they made sure that they celebrated, I think it was the first um, Friday after. And so that's where it came from. Obviously things got complicated when people switched from Gregorian to Julian, then there became other calculations. I'm not gonna get into that, but that's where we get it from. But what the church also did, and I'm not gonna get political because this is one of the points that's being made about the celebration of Christmas. But what the church also did is say, but let us put on the calendar a remembrance of when it actually happened on the calendar. Um, and so that's why we had a remembrance of the crucifixion and we had a remembrance of the, of the, of the, of the resurrection. Great question, very observant um, person to the readings. That's excellent. Um, uh, I'm making rope now, that's legit. Um, I miss you too, man. Um, I think I know who that was. Um, uh, what do you think about reading Pope Shunu's Holy Week contemplations during Pascha? That's a great one, right? That's what I'm saying. Things that are related are, are helpful. Actually, Pope Shunuda wrote a beautiful meditation. I really recommend it on um, Thine is the Power. I remember one Pascha reading that and really loving it. And he gave a beautiful imagery of um, how it is that we are like an army standing outside the camp to our general. And I never forgot that image. Um, so, you know, that's a great, great um, suggestion, Fetty. Um, I, I, that's, a, that's a great read. Um, another great read, um, now they're coming to me. Um, sorry, Uncle Megan, because I couldn't think of any at the beginning. Um, they're the communion of love um by father matthew the poor he has a chapter on redemption he has a chapter on the lord's suffering in gethsemane um he has a chapter on the passion of christ in our lives those are also good reads um to have uh with it i think mbu ennis of garbeya has some meditations there's a blog that has a collection of his writings that was put out by chicago um, so I think it's called youendless.wordpress.com. Um, I would check that one out. And I also think that there is some meditations of Abuna Bishoy Kamen on the cross that I've seen somewhere. I don't have it, but I've seen somewhere. Those are other suggestions too. Um, should the same no TV rule apply during Holy Week, even though we don't have the distraction of work this year in our home 24 seven? Yeah, during Holy Week, yeah, I think so. Like, Holy Week should be I'm with Christ only, in my view. Again, that's my view. Um, 
uh, how can we still serve others in need during the Pascha week and especially during time and age we are in now? Also, are we allowed to raise incense in our homes during Holy Week? Um, I miss you too, man. Um, I would say that serving the poor is a real expression of the gospel. If you can make it, but I would say schedule it. Schedule it because that is participating in the Pascha of Christ in a very real way where you're offering up yourself on behalf of the people that that is being with Christ. So I think that's a beautiful service, especially in a time where, yes, you're right. People are, I think the homeless have become even more vulnerable than they already have. Those with addictions, those with mental health, like, yes, if you can support them, because I know that's a service that you do, please, that would be great. Um, incense, as far as what I received, that's a question for each person's individual follow confession. What I received growing up and I followed and I think it matters is, is that offering incense is a, is a priestly function. It's not an aesthetic, and so it should only be done by priests. So um, if it makes any difference, I've tried to make sure that I don't light incense because I like it and that I only do it if I'm offering up priestly prayers myself. Um, miss you too, bro. Um... Uh, what's the name of the Pope Shenouda book? There is one called Contemplation on Holy Week. There's one called Thine is the Power. It's just called Thine is the Power. Um, those would be good ones. And I know those are all over the internet. Uh, it's been so hard to focus on spiritual life lately. What's your command is getting focused for Holy, on getting folks for Holy Week, especially since you aren't going to church this year. So, so number one is make church happen. So either stream it or play it, right? Because those are all being offered. I'm, I'm going to be praying at church with Abuna Joseph um, here. Um, but tune in, tune in or, or, or pray them, right? I know I've said it a few times, write a schedule. A lot of people's difficulty in focusing is because they do whatever they want whenever they feel like it. They're not organized. They're not together mentally and physically, so get yourself together, right? Set a schedule, set a, a rubric and say, I'm going to be reading this book at such and such times. I'm going to eat at such and such times. I'm going to pray at such and such times. I'm going to tune in or use this puzzle book at such and such times. Because you'll, you'll force your body into focus. It'll be forced into it. And then you'll be developing the habit of it because that's what's necessary. You might struggle the first day. That's okay. Um, you might struggle the second day. That's okay, but it will. I I really do think it'll it'll come. Um, uh, what exactly is the old covenant versus the new covenant? Um, so the old covenant was the way of being God's people before the incarnation, and what that meant was God said, "Okay, um, since people have rejected me, um, if you." express being my people in this way, like show your faithfulness to me in this way, I will remain faithful to you in this way. That, so the old covenant was the law, the, the 10 commandments and Deuteronomy, and it was sacrifices and ritual. The new covenant is where Christ has become our sacrifice. So we still have sacrifice. It's just that it's one sacrifice and that God's faithful to, to us is still requiring our faithfulness back to him and that it's in our fulfillment of the new law, which is the, the, the gospel, the Sermon on the Mount and the teachings of our Lord. Um, that's how we, we live it. 
Um, and that's the new one that was prophesied of in Jeremiah and others. I heard that Pascha was a week not attached to the rest of Lent in the past. Uh, is this true? Why? Yes, that is true. Um, it's because there was an evolution of how we fasted. Um, and there's an evolution of how we celebrated the mystery of the Lord's sufferings. And so there wasn't um, a theological reason for it being separate. It just was what people did. And then over time, we joined the, the fasting of the 40 days. And as you see through the history books, everybody likes to claim someone in history who did what they were doing. The reality is there were so many different ways. For example, if you look at the pilgrimage of Egeria that I talked about, they fasted for eight weeks back then, but they didn't fast on weekends. And so it was eight times five, and that was 40 days. The 40 days included Holy Week, um, and it was um, weekends off, for example. But fasting also didn't look like what it did. In other dioceses, for example, in Alexandria at different times, we fasted for 40 days start to finish in a row, um, like including weekends, and that included Holy Week. Then preparation week was something that happened later. I won't get into that. Um, and, and so there's been a history. That's, um, that's, uh, that's how things emerged. Um, so. um, I'm curious about Barabbas. Um, what does the church know about him and what can we learn from him? I don't personally know a lot about Barabbas. Um, he seems to have been a zealot and part of the people who were actually rebelling. And what that does is gives a whole irony, a real irony to the people choosing Barabbas because Barabbas means son of the father. And Christ was being accused by the Jews of stirring up the people for an insurrection, for treason against Rome. And so it's very ironic that here's a guy named Son of the Father who Christ really is, and Barabbas isn't, who is guilty of what Christ isn't actually guilty of. So that's something you can think about Barabbas. But details of his life, um, I don't know very much. The church doesn't talk much about him. History might have, but I'm not a, I'm not a good one to answer that question. Um, I previously read, okay, let me see if there's any more Holy Weeks before I go to those, sorry. Um, how long should we be abst uh, abstinent of food during Holy Week? That's a good question. Um, ask your spiritual father. Definitely, if you're planning on doing matanyas during the morning, you can't break fast before those paschas are done. Um, or you can't do them. You shouldn't do the matanyas, ritualistically anyway. Um, but I would say talk to your spiritual father because for most people, this should be a time to go later than your usual if you can handle it and within reason. That's why I would say that's a very personal one. I'm glad you brought it up so that people go ask that question. Um, thank you guys. Thank you, uh, Sherry Maria and uh, Tony. Um, I recently read that exaggerated sudden jumps in spiritual routines are dangerous. Would Holy Week be an exception to that? Um, you miss my Irish accent. Yeah, I'll have to do that sometime. Um, yes, it can be dangerous. And that's why I'm saying these are ideas. These are suggestions. Talk to your spiritual guide, right? So that you um, don't do more than you, than you should. But I would say this is definitely a time to really push yourself, right? This is the week to really throw yourself to the edge um, as far as what you have permission for, in, in my view. Um, 
I have a question for later. I know it's not related, but you once said that service that's not focused on Christ isn't real service in a Christian sense. Can you expand on that? Yeah. So what I would say is, for example, if my matanya has nothing to do with Christ, then what is it? Like, what's the difference between an atheist taking his body up and down and you? Because as a physical action, they're the same thing. So what's the difference between an atheist serving the poor and a Christian serving the poor? Because they're both good services. And that's what I mean. If it is not in, through, for, and to Christ, then it's not Christian. It's just an action. I'm not saying that it's a bad action. I'm just saying it's not a Christian action. It has to be in Christ if it's Christian. Um, I have a friend asking, um, without context, advice on learning how to accept God's will for others that you love. Um, that's a hard one to answer because it seems like such a context-specific one. But what I would say is, it sounds like your friend has assumed that whatever is happening is God's will. They could be wrong in that assumption. So I would say to them, number one, do they know that it's God's will? Number two, in the event that they actually, genuinely, really, actually do know that it was God's will, which I think some people say more often not knowing than, than they should, um, then it comes to me to be a question of, do I believe that God is who he says he is? It's, I, I, if I do, then I really need to believe that he cares for that person way more than I do. That's how I sleep at night personally, right? Like even when I'm worried about people in the service, even when I know that something's not God's will, I still go to that of saying, thank God for God, because he actually cares and loves us, um, even when we don't love each other. Um, what about folks who haven't been able to be with their families? Any suggestions on isolating alone during Holy Week when you don't want to be? Um, maybe form Pascha groups. I, like, I'm thinking out loud, I don't know. But um, maybe reach out to friends or family or somebody and say, can we form a Pascha group? We're gonna zoom. We're gonna zoom into the same one, or we're not even gonna. We're not gonna stream any. We're gonna do Pascha together. Arrange with yourselves. Assign readings. Assign psalms, so that when you get on your call together, you know who's reading what. You're on the third hour. Joe Schmo is reading the prophecies. Um, Furena Furena is doing the psalms. Whoever's doing like do like make it communal. That's like I think that would be helpful. If I wasn't going to church. That's what I would be doing personally. Um, I was going to have a schedule and I was going to ask people from my home church, people from my home diocese, people from all these places to have like a sign up sheet and, and to pray together um, is what I was planning to do. Now I'm going to be in church, so it's different. Um, what's your take on something major feast of Annunciation or Palm Sunday, allowing fish at some other Orthodox churches? Um, I follow the canons of the church, right? And I don't mean that as a cop-out, but everyone has their reasons, everyone has their traditions, everybody has their customs, and so I'm not going to criticize or praise one over the other um, because it's a, it's a response to a local tradition. And so our current tradition is not to, um, and so I feel wrong not. And I think there's beauty in all of the traditions, 
right? There's a beauty in saying we're celebrating and there's a beauty in saying that we will interrupt nothing for our Lord. They're, they both have something worthy of praise in them. Um, how do we keep the fire of the Holy Week going after resurrection? I always find that the Holy Week, that's a great uh, comment slash question. I always find the week is jam-packed with reading and attending church, and then it all ends suddenly. I hear you. Um, I think maybe something you can do during Holy Week is to write your schedule, and I know I keep saying that, but to come up with what you're going to do in Holy 50 so that it's not taken off guard, right? So that you're not just reacting to Holy 50 and everyone picking out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So for example, for me, I, I intentionally during the first week after Easter, I don't do sermons. I don't do extra liturgies. I don't do anything like that. I, like that's a thing for me. Um, and, and, and I think it's more in tune with the season of the church to have communal getting together in the name of Christ, right? So that should be a time for fellowship. That shouldn't be a time for confession, in my view. That should be a time for we're celebrating the resurrection, play games together, um, eat. Don't be gluttonous, but eat. Um, like ask about each other, joke, do stuff. That's, that's a beautiful time for that. But then make sure that you're like, okay, I'm going to have back to my prayer rule. I'm going to keep my prayer rule right? I am going to focus my readings on this mood. There'll be more of joyous readings. They're going to be more of, okay, how do I live this? So plan ahead. If you know that's what usually happens to you, I know that happens to me a lot, plan ahead. That's a great, great, great um, observation question. Um, can I post the title of the books you mentioned? Yes, I'll try to remember to do that. If, um, okay, you guys are now able to write um, to everybody. If somebody caught them, if somebody could write them so that I don't forget would be great. I know I had said um, upon Fetty Samuel's recommendation, the Pope should the book on Holy Week, um, his book on Tokte Tigum, Communion of Love by Matthew the Poor, and the Uendis of Garbeya's Meditations from the blog, I don't have the link for that right now, as well as um, uh, I think the Bunabishoy Kamen book. I don't know if that's available. Um, uh, uh, sorry. Okay, I'll go till about 9.30 and then I'll stop. But um, if you burnt yourself out spiritually before Holy Week, and Holy Week is coming up, then how can you still benefit but not pushing yourself so much that you become more burnt out? Um, no, I, I, it's, not, it's, it's not hard to understand. I, I think I get what you're saying. Um, it sounds like sometimes we don't pace ourselves well, and so we're already exhausted by the time Holy Week comes out. Number one, I think you'll find grace. I really do think you'll find grace. Um, it's like when you're already exhausted, but then you see your friend in a horrible situation, and you just can't bring yourself to go home right? Your friend's at the hospital, someone's really suffering, you're exhausted and you just, you just can't bring yourself to go home. Um, I think you'll find that happening. But I would say definitely touch base with your spiritual father of saying, what's the ideal um, rule for me during this Holy Week? And, um, and then adjust based on whether you've been able to or not. Um, 
Is it wrong if you'd rather pray the hour of hours of Pascha individually as opposed to listening to a live stream? Um, this is in the context of not being able to pray them with a the family, just where this could be a right hand war. No, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. I do think it would be nice to pray with others because it's liturgy. But I also think, given what's going on, right, given that this is in the house and not in the church, I think if you're praying alone without feeling that you're better, without feeling you don't need others, if you're doing it in the spirit of, I'm praying with them in this way, in this time where we don't have church, I think that's very holy. I think that's just as holy. So it'll only be a right-hand war if it's viewed as, um, yeah, yeah, I don't do that stuff. I'm not into that stuff. Or I don't think live streams are cool. Like where you start getting sarcastic about what others are doing. But if it's not in that spirit, by all means, um, I see nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, has this meeting been recorded? Uh, will it be posted? Yes, it's been recorded. Um, it will be posted uh, to Anafra, um, Abuna Mike's app, and I think probably to Upper Room as well, if I'm not mistaken. It feels really weird, by the way, to say that out loud. Um, is this Saturday technically not supposed to be fasting because Lent is over and Holy Week hasn't started? Um, at one point in the history of the church, yes, that was a thing. And you'll see that in the in uh, Egeria, for example. But that's not the canon now. The canon now is that it is part of the fast. And so we do we do fast it. Um, and it's it's good for us. Like, it's good for us to follow this, right? Like, I really, like, I just, I don't want us to get into the mindset. And I know I do this sometimes of like, oh, this is so dumb. We don't have to do this. And there was one time they didn't do this. Like, there's something beneficial in it, right? Imagine, like, like we, Joy is Saturday, or, or sorry, Lazarus Saturday is, is, is not a happy day. They're plotting to kill Christ, right? So when I know what's coming, I feel like it's not the right time. But that, that's a personal view. But the church canonically says that we're fasting. Um, uh, the crucified Jesus by Father Manasseh Yohanna. Um, I don't know if I read it all in its entirety. And so I don't want to, um, I, don't, I just don't, I don't bring up books that I haven't um, uh, gone through the way that I would like to before um, saying it. So that might be a great one um, to, to do. I'm going to skip this question. I'm so sorry. The, the only one I didn't answer about knowing God's will for a career um, only because it's, it's, it's two minutes to nine 30. And that's not something that I want to just answer in a second. Cause I think it's um, it requires more. So if you want to hold on to it to the next time there's a, a Q and a, please do. I really, really apologize. Um, Cause I didn't mean to thank you. Sarah Michael put the, um, the link to Amiyana's uh, blog. And Diana has put, Diana is the power um, communion of love. And there's also one by potion they're called Contemplations on Holy Week. Um, so um, I hope that it's beneficial to you all. Um, for me, I might be putting out some meditations on the morning readings as audio in the mornings. Um, and uh, evening I'm gonna be, uh, uh, taking turns, God willing, with the one of Joseph at, um, like with with the with the word at um, the Church of Saint Mark and Saint Mary of Egypt in Ottawa. Um, so, um, those who want to participate with us, welcome. 
Um, and those who don't, I really wish you a very holy, safe, blessed Pascha. Um, keep your eyes set for that app that Amakurlis is putting out. And um, remember to keep the whole church um, in your prayers um, during these hard times. Pray those litanies. Pray especially for those that are having no one to take care of them. If you guys are able to get some money and maybe find a way to get some money out to those who are on the street, um, I would really suggest that. Um, I think it would be a, a very um, important move for us. Let's just conclude in prayer um, before being dismissed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We ask you, our Lord, who came and deigned to suffer in the flesh on behalf of all of us for our glory and for our salvation, Dwell in us, abide in us, grant us to live and to think according to you and according to your spirit. Help us as we enter into this most holiest of weeks to enter in it with you and to deny ourselves in order that we might find our sufferings, meanings by suffering with you. Through the intercessions and prayers of Holy Mother Theotokos, St. Mary the Great, Abba Anthony, St. Paul Krolos and St. Mina, here's when we pray for all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. Love of God the Father, grace and be God's Son, the communion and the gift of with you all. Go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you all. See you later, guys. Thank you guys for putting up with me.